Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 207 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things. <laughs> and co-host little Dennis is with us. He's back once again and he's going to help us for this is part two of a seven, well it's like a seven part series thing I'm doing, looking at why learn the art fundamentals from an art book called Art Fundamentals Theory and Practice by 3D Total Publishing. And one of the art fundamentals is light. So that's what we're going to be looking at this this week on this one. We're going to be looking at light, all about art light. And my main takeaways is light, light, learning light is all about relationships and the illusions. So the thing with this is I've, I've got no idea where this one's going to go. Because it, it could go quite into sort of deep things about... Well, what you start realising is a lot of learning art is about sort of... It's quite spiritual, really. <laughs> so this is that's what this is going to be. Little Dennis is going to get us right into it. <coughs> Bing! He likes us, he does. <coughs> Little kiss for kitty. And in we go. Let's have a look at this one. So a couple of weeks ago, on episode 205... We actually looked at why learn the art fundamentals and we just talked about well, well, why learn the art fundamentals and what they were. And the art fundamentals, according to this book, Art Fundamentals Theory and Practice, is actually light, colour, composition, perspective, anatomy and narrative. But I did also, what I did say during that episode was I feel like the main art fundamental is actually learning how to see like an artist but my takeaways from the last one my takeaways from the last episode 205 was you never so the the thing was why why learn the art fundamentals one you never stop learning the art fundamentals which i thought was brilliant so you know you're never going to stop learning them even like the absolute master is still going to be learning art fundamentals two Learning the art fundamentals lets you play more and better, which again I think that is brilliant as well, because you're always playing, and playing is the best way to learn, because you're having fun. The other thing was rapid progress. So if you're learning the art fundamentals, what it means if you know what the fundamentals are, as you're like practicing and sketching, you can actually be making progress as well. So you're not just sort of randomly doing things in your sketchbook. You are actually learning as well, which which I talk about during this episode with one of the drawing exercises. And the main thing I, I thought about during that episode 205 was a lot of the art fundamentals are actually mental. A lot of it is, a lot of it is mental, especially like facing the fears of things. But one of the things I learned since the last episode was that this this bit of the book, like the introduction of this book, is actually done by the artist Devin Corwin. And you can find Devin Corwin at devincorwin.com. It's D-E-V-I-N-K-O-R-W-I-N. And if you go on their website, well, they're from Canada, but you start to realise that they are very sort of... I feel like they're quite spiritual. Their, their, their artwork is lots of like spiritual, let's say, temples and structures and 
like very sort of I would almost say religious. They're not actually my cup of tea to be honest. Because I prefer like characters and stuff. But the thing I love about this artist is I feel like they're a really cool teacher and I love the way they express things. Because like I said, I feel like the fact that they're drawing religious and spiritual things, they have a, a sort of a spiritual way of looking at these art fundamentals. That's one of the things I've learned. But my main takeaways from this All Learning Light is it's all about relationships and the illusion but what I did say was I said this one hurt my head a little bit but I liked it and it made me remember a quote that there was this podcast I used to listen to it was Chris Oatley an artist called Chris Oatley and somebody wrote in and said it hurt it hurt so good which I thought was brilliant so this one was one of those it hurt so good but I, I think what happens is if something is hurting your head, it actually means you're sort of you're doing something that you don't quite understand. So you sort of I feel like that's actually a sign that you're. I would say stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit, which surprised me because to be honest with you, I thought I I was on top of light. But there's stuff in here I've, I've not actually realised before which we'll get into in a minute but this article is split into five main sections you've got like an introductory description of light you've then got four drawings one is a sphere which shows what's this one showing yeah light showing form you've got another one showing ambient lighting then you've got an example study that Devin's done of like a face showing the light the lights and the darks that's really good for showing the, like the relationships of things, and then you've also got another thing drawing loads. It shows loads of little shapes like a sphere, a cube, and a cylinder, and that is about point versus directional light source types. That's something I didn't realise. Well, I sort of knew it, but I, I did. I hadn't learnt names, so this was cool. And what have we got here? So the. What I do on these are these are little article things is I just go I basically yesterday I studied from this article and took notes. So what I do on here is I just sort of read through my notes, go through the article and talk about it really. <laughs> but what I always do is before I even read anything, I like to jot some notes down of what I think. So when I was thinking about light, my initial thoughts were the first thing that sprung to mind was drawing exercise. So there's this there's this brilliant drawing exercise, which I've filled sketch I've filled so many sketchbooks of spheres. So all you do is you just draw a little circle. You put your lights and darks in. What I what you do is you draw a circle. You place you place a light source somewhere by by drawing a little cross, and that's like your light source on the sphere. And then you just put your lights and your darks in. And what you can do is you can move the light source around. So you can sort of practice drawing lights on spheres. And what I thought about with that was it's it's good for seeing the, in the interactions and the interconnectedness of the darks and the lights. It's good for studying the light rules. So like the where each like the reflective light and the light shadows and stuff. It's relaxing and fun. And 
The other cool thing is you get to practice drawing circles as well. Because one of the things is, I'll talk about this later, a circle is a sphere. The only reason that a cir- the only reason a, a circle the only reason a sphere is a sphere is because it's got light on it. If you take the light away, it's a circle. Which this is where you start getting into the illusionary nature of things. The only reason that things look 3D to us is because of light. So this one could get quite deep, I feel like. My my other initial thought was I remembered a rule that I I don't know who said this, but Somebody said, reflective light should always be darker than the highlight. So the reflective light is a little bit around the edge. And what I had, I always had a habit of keeping that super light, almost as light as the, the, light, the highlight. And so what I did was I just remembered that rule to always make the reflective light a little bit darker than the highlight. So I always do that at the end. Right at the end, what I'll do is I'll go over the reflective light with a a tortillion to like blend it in a bit. And I'll also use an eraser to pick out the highlight. Which, what this does is, this is something I want to talk about later. It's funny, you can make something lighter by making the thing next to it darker. <laughs> so this is, again, that's where you start seeing the relationships of things. I can't wait to talk about that in a minute. The other thing was, it made me remember about these mannequins, boxes and balls. So, the main thing I struggle with is placing the shadow. So, if I'm drawing a sphere with a light source somewhere, which I always I always struggle with what shape is the shadow going to be. So, what I do is, I get, these, I get a ball and I, I like put a light source on the ball and you can move it around and you can actually watch the shadows. But even so, even me doing that, it's still, I still quite, I still can't quite understand the rules of the shadows. I find that a bit hard for me to sort of like remember that. The other thing here, negative. I put in my notes, negative shapes. Yeah, you can focus on either side of the edge. This is what's so cool, right? So you got like um, let's say you got your hand. So on your finger. The edge of your finger, you can actually put your focus on the inside of your finger, so you'll see the finger. But if you switch your vision to the other side of the edge, you'll actually see like the triangle. Now, I heard somebody say it was actually, oh, what was he called? Castaneda, Carlos Castaneda in his book Journey to Exland. He was talking about he wasn't talking about this, but it was very similar. He said he was talking to um, Don Juan, and I think it was Don Juan that said, "What you want, what you got to do is you got you've got to be able to look and see both at the same time." <laughs> so, in other words, if you focus on the finger, you see the finger. If you focus on on the on the other side of that, you see the, the you see the negative shape between the fingers. What he's saying is. He said you can get to a point where you can actually see both at the same time. So you can actually see the finger and the negative shape, which I thought was brilliant. But the reason I I thought about that was inside of this article in a minute, he's going to talk about when you've got a, a map. If you've got a map and you're looking at a map, you've got like roads on it, 
railway lines, rivers. And so basically whatever you focus on pops out at you. So if you're looking at a map and you're only interested in like the rivers, you're only going to see the rivers and like the road and the railways will blend into the background. So in other words, whatever you're focusing on is going to pop. Which this comes into light in a minute. But I, what I thought about this was, this is very much like your beliefs. So like in in life, if you've got a belief, a belief about something, well, all the stuff that's going on at the minute, if you believe one thing, you're only going to see things that are supporting what, you, what you're believing. Whereas if you're believing something else, you're only going to see things believing so, what, what you're believing in. So what that means, you can see how two different people could have could see the same thing completely differently and then what happens there is you're sort of under you you begin to understand how this reality can be completely different to other people and all it is is it's just about what you're focusing on so it's almost like we are somehow we're somehow sort of um we're in a relationship with the environment but well, what it does for me is it makes me wonder whether the environment actually exists or whether we're just making it up. It's, it's weird. But I'll put it here, again, art teaches you that reality is an illusion. Which is brilliant. So, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this then? I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through the, the first bit of the article and then I'll go through my notes and, and the drawings. So, this is what Devin said in the article. He said... Light enables the great magic trick of painting, <laughs> which I, that is brilliant. That's actually this week's inspirational quote. I, I think that is that is fantastic. Light enables the great magic trick of painting. It takes all of the complicated things that we know about a subject and distills them down into simple, reproducible shapes. This again goes into what I was saying on the last one. You've you got to learn how to see before anything, because... In other words, you've got this really complicated object. All you've got to do is look for the shapes. Draw the shapes, you end up drawing the complicated thing. And he says, look, by re reproducing the relationships that we see, we can create the illusion of form on a flat surface. And then he, he says, imagine a classic portrait setup as an example. If you think of the model conceptually, <laughs> there is all sorts of information that we can explore the structures and planes of the face, the underlying anatomy, the things that the expression on the face might make us feel. But once the single strong light above them is turned on, they are simply visual patterns of light and shade that we can paint. I'm going to go through my notes here a bit, because what, what, I've, what I put in my notes was, this is a bit like what I was saying last time. So what it says is, if you... Oh no, this is a bit in a minute, look. He carried on. He says, "This is the optical, this is the optical side of painting, the visual image that appears on our retina when light enters our eye." Do, do you see how you start to sort of um, you start to realise how we are what we're seeing is manipulatable. There's something quite I find it quite um, interesting. He says, look, the raw information is sent through a variety of other processing pathways where other senses are applied to it. For example, 
Our sense of touch informs us about the solidity of things and our position relative relative to them, which allows us to successfully navigate through space. It is impossible to entirely separate these senses. They are fundamental to our perception as human beings. I love this. And then he says, think of a map you'd like, you'd like, you'd look at on the internet. There are simultaneous layers of information such as such as traffic data, satellite imagery, and landmark landmarks appearing co- concurrently, <laughs> and they are all parts of a larger whole. So that's what that's the thing. You, you're looking at the whole thing, but you're splitting it into sections. This is cool. This is all the relationships. Now this is the bit I like, this bit, this next bit. He says, most art education chooses to focus strictly on one or the other, ignoring the context. This limits the tools that an artist has and as a consequence, limits the type of information an artist can have or express. Most modern fine art educational settings, such as ateliers, focus entirely on reproducing the optical image, the light and shadow patterns, at exactly the size that it is seen. So that's what I was talking about last on the last one. I said, if you learn to see, if, if you spend all your time learning to see, like the figure, let's say you're learning to see the figure at life drawing class, you're limited because you don't really understand the rules of like the anatomy of that, that figure. But you can get really good at drawing what you see. Now the next bit he says, on the other hand, most educational for entertainment art focuses entirely on constructing things from ideas. Most art does tend to lean towards one side or the other based on the proclivities of the artist, but by learning the concepts behind each behind both approaches, we can unlock the full possibilities of the language. So this is what I was saying. You got the first one. You can learn. You can become a master of learning how to see the figure, say life drawing class. But you're limited because you can't draw it from your imagination because you you haven't understood the rules. You could then, like what I said last time, you could be you become a master at drawing, like a manga, styled figure. But you're limited because you haven't actually understood the anatomy of the figure. All you've done is learn a style. So in the future, if you wanted to, say, draw a realistic figure, you're going to be limited because you haven't actually learned the rules. This is why he's saying you've got to learn the fundamentals. Because if you're learning the fundamentals, you can that's, like, that's underneath both of these. So if you're learning the fundamentals, while you're learning to see at life drawing class, you're going to learn the skills that you're of learning how to see but you're also understanding what what you're looking at and if you've if you're understanding the rules as you're drawing a manga character again you can then start pushing and pulling things because you you know where what the bones are doing underneath like yeah so i'll put it you have to learn anatomy this is i like i like this but like I said, this one hurts my head a little bit. So I had to read this so many times and I still feel like I haven't fully understood it. But the thing I'm getting out of it is it's this sort of... Um, it's like two sides to this. 
and they're actually the both sides are linked by the fundamentals and the final thing he says is light is what allows this entire optical side of painting everything that we see is visible due to the various ways that objects reflect, reflect light back to our eyes and without it we would only have information from our other non-visual senses how mad is that so what have i put in my notes i've put i'll put not sure if yeah not sure yeah so as i was reading this i'm not sure if the word is spiritual but there's something sort of i i ended up with the word psychological there's some sort of um i feel like this is quite deep this is quite a deep thing here that he's talking about and then well that's it for that bit what have we got here drawing from imagination still uses reference so you've got to learn how to draw what you see that's the thing this is what i started thinking i think i started thinking well why not just focus on learning from your imagination because even when you're learning from your imagination you'll still be using reference so you need the skill of learning learning how to see and then i've put here this is fractal relationships is it in fractal it's entangled opposites again so with light you've got relationships of the light the lights and the darks you've got the lights and the darks which is if you make if that's light if something is light then everything around it if it's darker than it is dark <laughs> but if you made that if you suddenly made that light really dark all of a sudden those things that were dark before are now going to be the lights you see how weird that is you can actually you can make things you can make things change just by changing something else so this is how you see it's like an entangled opposite the lights and the darks are actually entangled with each other so this is cool because if you're doing a drawing and you want to make something darker you can actually make something next to it lighter so i think it's really worth remembering that what else have we put here lights yeah so how cool is this you've got your lights you've got your light and your dark which are entangled but even the light has like highlights and mid-tone so there's even like there's even there's even like an entangled opposite inside of the light and there's the same thing going on with the darks as well this is where i feel like it starts to get a bit fractal and then i've also put shadows you got the shadow is the shadow is darker right underneath the object and it gets lighter out there as it gets further away so again you've got you've got another relationship going on with the shadows it's never ending again another relationship i've put is realistic and imagination circles and spheres this how cool is this though that the sphere is a circle because if you take the lights away it's a circle and then i've also put yeah so he was talking in in the article he was talking about check what was it he said something about the expression to the face i can't remember where it is now well he was talking about the expression to the face and i thought to myself if you've you've got the expression of the face so you can learn how to like do expressions on faces that's like the feeling side of it 
But then if you learn the anatomy and the structure of the bones underneath the face, that you're actually learning like the raw, I put raw data. But the both of them are linked. Because then all of a sudden, you can start getting feelings out of knowing what the anatomy is. And also, you're getting the data out of the, by just looking at the expressions. Because you, by looking at the expressions, you, you can sort of, what ends up happening is you start seeing through it. Bert Dodgson called that x-ray vision. You start seeing through things. It's, it's a bit weird. But what I started realising here was there's relationships all over the place with art, especially with light. What else have I put in my notes? Light is showing form, sphere drawings, reflected equals, yeah, that was the, so the first one, the first drawing he's got, what he's got is he's got a sphere and he's got five points on it. He's got the um, the highlight, which is the, the lightest bit, the mid-tone, he's got the reflective light, the core shadow and the car shadow. That's it for that. <laughs> and well, that is what that was was me sphere drawings, filling sketchbooks of these sphere drawings. I love doing that. I just find it sort of um, therapeutic, really. What is it here? Look, I put my biggest issue is always the angle of the car shadow. Yeah, I still struggle with that. I I can't quite un I can't quite understand without looking at a reference what the shadow is going to be doing. And even when I do it, and it might be right, I, I doubt myself a bit too much, I think. That's all right. The next one he's got is he's got he's got an ambient light. Well, the, with the light, with the, um, with that last one, it was, he said it was called light showing form. He put, these color, color, common elements of light and shade are effective tools to show form. The mid-tone and specular highlight make up the side hit by the strong light from the sun. The shadow side is made up of the reflective light and the core shadow, where neither the main light nor the reflective light reaches. The car shadow is the area blocked from the light by the sphere. So the thing is, you, you've got to sort of, um, you've got to imagine that car shadow. This get, I just had a thought here about the moon. I don't quite understand something. You, sometimes you can look up at the moon. Like sometimes you can look at the sky during the day and you can actually see the moon. So what I'm trying to work out with that is if you've got the sun and what is it? You've got the sun, the earth and then you've got the moon. How can you have the sun and the moon in the sky at the same time? I don't quite understand that. I don't know why I thought that but... Well, so we got well. The next bit is ambient light, and my first thought is how boring is ambient light? <laughs> it just makes everything look a bit dull. But what he's got on this one is it's a sphere with ambient light, which is well. What he's put here is he said it's when you have a large light source, the areas that light can't reach become less defined, resulting in soft, diffused shadows. On a typical sunlit day. You have both both the influence of the strong key light of the sun as well as the large diffuse secondary light from the sky. 
this is where you start to see that the sphere starts turning more into like a circle. But in my notes I've put boring. <laughs> if there's no light, nothing exists. Because I, th- I started thinking to myself, the only reason that anything exists is because of light. So if all of a sudden light disappeared, would anything still exist? Because he talked about that earlier where he said you would have to go back to your human senses of touching and stuff. But even then, just because you can feel something, does it really exist? If you can't see it, like, does it actually exist? That's what I'm thinking. The other thing is, last night I was in bed and if you push quite quite hard but sort of gently on your eyes and rub them side to side, what happens is all after about, let's say, 20 seconds or something, you start seeing these like cubes. Um, it almost looks like um, a um, almost looks like a a polygon. You know, if you had like a sphere. You know, if you see like a, on a computer program, you can, you can get spheres, and they've got like little cubes that make up the polygon of that sphere. If you rub your eyes, you can actually start seeing these um these like cubes. But I did that last night just before going to bed and my I, I just, it was dark in the room but I could see light inside of my eyes. So I started thinking, where is this light coming from? There's something inside of us that's generating light somehow. So it's quite a bit weird, guys. So again, what that says to me is... <laughs> did you hear that? What that says to me is... Like these dreams. If if we can if we're creating light inside of us for these dreams, what if something's creating light for us inside of this reality? But but even so, you still I still think to myself, what is that? What is it that's creating that light inside of us? Because that's another thing. If we're when we're dreaming. It's pitch black in our room, and yet we can see all these visuals. So, I don't, I don't understand that. And then another thing I thought, which would be quite funny, is imagine if somehow, what we could imagine if somehow we could turn off shadows. So, if somehow we had a button on our on our hand or something, if we pushed it, or we had a button on the side of our head, and if we pushed it, all of a sudden shadows disappeared. What would happen is everything would become 2D, wouldn't it? That's what I was thinking. So again, the only reason that we see things as 3D is because of these shadows. So I I started wondering, I wonder if there's some sort of visual disorder that like some humans have where they can't see shadows or something. And if they did, would would everything be 2D? (laughs) It's cool. What's the next bit? The next bit he's got is called he's called it composing light and dark. And what he's done is he's he's basically got like um a head and he's drawn he's mapped out all of the the planes of the face, like the head, the lights and the darks, but he's just done it in big sort of shapes, basic shapes, each of the like the planes. So you can sort of see the structure of the face. 
just by these simple big bastard shapes. <laughs> big bastard basic shapes. So you've got like your darks and your lights. What he's put here is he's put value in painting is a measure of light. The more light, the greater. The more light, the greater, brighter the value. These values allow for shapes. And we can arrange these shapes in different ways to create a composition. The, the scientific side of painting allows for the abstract, abstract side. Again, we've got these entanglements here. That's the thing, isn't it? You've got like the um, scientific and the abstract. In this painting, I arrived at these shapes by thinking about the direction of the light and its relationship to each plane. Quite cool. What have I put in my notes? I've put, yeah, you've got hard and soft edges. Yeah, so he said, I think he used the word line somewhere, didn't he? Or he, what did he use? I don't know, but I'll put hard and soft edges. I was always told there's no lines, it's all edges. Yeah, there is no lines in in anything. All it is is edges because everything's related to everything else. So, like, if you've got a pen in your hand, the edge of the edge of the pen is also the edge of the hand. Until you take the pen away, it's weird. That's how you start seeing that everything's somehow. It's, it is like um. An illusion here. It's the interconnectedness of everything. I've also put shapes. Oh yeah, I like this. I, I, it made me remember when I first started seeing shadow shapes. It was again with Bert Dodgson's key to drawing. So what happened was I was I remember this. I was at work. I used to work at um, like on a computer. I used to do a job on the computer. I was sat at my desk. And I'd been studying, I started studying like drawing from Bert Dodgson's book. What happened was all of a sudden I looked at my desk and I could just see shadow shapes everywhere. I started seeing like the shadow underneath the keyboard, the shadow underneath the monitor. And all of a sudden, everywhere I looked, I was seeing shadows everywhere. And the funny thing is, those shadows were always there. It's just because I hadn't been taught to look for them or because I didn't put any awareness on them I suppose they were just it was almost as if I wasn't seeing them or I was seeing them subconsciously I suppose so what I put in my notes was all this information is around us we just don't see it so I put you don't see it till you know what to look for but then this makes me wonder what else is around us right now that we can't see and we can't see it, not because it's not there. We can't see it because we don't know we're supposed to be looking for it. And the thing that's, the thing about that is, as soon as you know that it's there, you won't be able to not see it. <laughs> so I start thinking like maybe spirits or something. What if there's like spirits all around us, but we can't see them? And then if somehow we are able to... The moment that we'd, we'd be able to start seeing them, you would never be able to not see them. It's not just spirits though, it's, it's other things like other light, like infrared and things like that. So there is all this information around us, we, we can't see it. 
quite cool. What's this here? Oh, this one here. This is the last bit. We've got two images. We've got like a cube, a cylinder, and a sphere. And it, it, in the thing, he's put light source types. He said, knowing the difference between point and directional light sources is essential to create convincing lighting setups. Now, the thing is, I didn't know those words. I didn't know those. I knew the concepts, but I, I'd, I'd not learned them or I'd forgotten those words. So, point and directional light sources. He's put point lights, such as light bulbs, travel out from one point in space and decrease in intensity as the distance from the light source increases. And he's put, this effect is known as fall off. This is the bits when it started out in my head. And then the other one, he's, he's, he's called it directional light, such as light from the sun travels in parallel lines and does not increase does not decrease in intensity over distance it's quite interesting but that's it for this what have i put here in that bit i put i never knew or i forgot point versus directional and and it made me think this is why you never stop learning fundamentals one of the things that devin said in episode 205 was he, he said about how you never stop learning the fundamentals well this is the thing so when i when in when i was learning from bert dodgson's keys to drawing well in my notes i've put reread keys to drawing and you pick up new stuff as you needed to understand a bit before first so i've put here even in learning there is a relation it's relationship based because the thing with like learning is, let's say you, well, it even goes into what I was saying before. You've got to learn how to see and then you can start learning light, colour and the rest of it because they're all on top. There is there is very much a structure to things. So you read, you read Keys to Drawing by Bert Dodgson and you're studying, say, well, light. But the thing is, you can't, there's certain things you won't be able to remember because you need the bit before it. So in other words, you need, you need to learn the level one information and you need to really understand it before you can learn level two. So you might actually be, you might actually be doing something at like a level three, but you need, you need actually level one and two before you can understand level three. I don't know if that makes sense, but the basic way is you can read the same bit of information and then 12 months later you read the same exact bit of information, you learn something completely different because you now understand something that you didn't understand before. So the first time you read it, that quite important bit of information, it, it almost made no sense. You almost didn't see it because... You just couldn't understand it because you were still trying to learn the basics here. Once you've got those basics, the bit, the more advanced bit of information, all of a sudden that makes sense because you've got the basics. So this is brilliant, and I, I feel like that isn't that's going to be never ending. What have I put here? I put I, I went aha. 
<laughs> light versus ambient. I don't know what that is. I'll put that as a question mark. Light versus ambient. What does that mean? Light versus ambient. I don't know. But that's the thing. The main thing I got from this article was light is all about relationships. Lights and darks. And it's all about the illusion. Because things only look the way they look because of the lighting. So if you change the lighting, you can change the way something looks. So it's brilliant. But what you're saying here is you've got to learn the rules of lighting so that you can start manipulating things. Ding! So little Dennis has said it's game over. Hey, Kitty, she's getting in the... Um, what happens is if you put something near to the, the gong, it, it, it dulls it out. So little Kitty gets into a little house. Little Dennis said it's game over sunshine. I really hope you enjoyed that. That was a look at light. And next, the next one, which will be in two weeks' time, we'll actually be looking at colour. So the next art fundamental will be colour, which I think that's going to be quite interesting as well. So, But this one was brilliant. I really hope you enjoyed it. All that's left is this week's inspirational quote. But I'll put links and everything in the, in the show notes, which you can find at sophielawson.com. And I think that is it for this one. So this week's inspirational quote actually goes to Devin Corwin, who is the artist who who, who wrote this art this article in in the um in the book. And well, this quote is brilliant. It's the way that this article started out, and it's it's the thing is when you read something like this, you just you just know that you're in for something special, because for, for me this was like quite. Well, it sums it up beautifully. Light enables the great magic trick of painting. I love that because that's that is the main thing that I've learned through art is that it is some like a sort of a magic trick. It's this thing where you're sort of um yeah, it is a magic trick. So that's what captivates the audience, which I think is brilliant. And light, light, as Devin Corwin says. Light enables the great magic trick of painting. Devil, devil, he's not a devil, he's Devin, Devin Corwin. 